You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. Would you please welcome the wonderful Nick O'Brien? That's perfect. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you very much. I'm going to dive right in on the word queer. So obviously, it's a very divisive term in our community, and I want to address that straight away. So the first recorded use of the word queer was in 1895, and it was the, um, the Marquess of Queensbury, and, um, and he was referring to Oscar Wilde, who was in a relationship with his son. And I love this as an insult. I think it's a great insult. Um, he accused Oscar Wilde of being a queer snob. Now, that's great. I would love to be called a queer snob. Um, but it is, um, it is a very divisive term. And uh, from then on, it was um, used as a slur by the press. The press picked it up. Um, at, but recently, younger people, as was talked about earlier, have really picked it up. And they really like it because it's a, a fluid term. So there's, there's a bit of a division in that. Now, Norwich Pride, from the outside, looks a very you know, well-polished, oiled machine. But on the inside, there's always a lot of controversy. There's a lot of fallings out. People can be quite difficult. You'd find it hard to believe, I know. Um, and I, I think about why that is. And I, I think it's because um, it, it's really personal to us. And, and we're all really different. And it's not about, you know, fighting for a thing. It's not like taking union action on something or opposing war. It's about our lives, so it's personal. And the word queer has been quite divisive in that. Now, somebody, and the person may be in the room, came up with the idea of um, a, a queer arch trail one year, and it caused so much consternation that there was almost a fight, and, um, and that one of the key people involved in Pride ended up leaving that year. So that's how controversial the, the words can be. Um, and, uh, but what my story is about is about reclaiming. So uh, young people have reclaimed the word queer, uh, but also I want to talk about how um, people in schools, um, teachers and students, have reclaimed the education system. And it follows on really nicely from David's talk earlier, which just got up to Section 28. So as we know, um, Margaret Thatcher's government brought in Section 28 in 1988, and it went on till 2003. Just so I get an idea, what are people's views on Margaret Thatcher? So, so generally positive, and as David, as David very eloquently said, you know, it was all about we don't want young people to think they've got an inalienable right to be gay, we don't want these pretend fake families, and it stopped schools from talking about the issues. Um, and, um, you know, and what was really, and I've gone to lots of people, I've heard lots of people talking about it, it was the lack of clarity about it. So it just created a vibe that actually you couldn't talk about this thing and you could get in trouble. So actually what it, the significance of it was bigger than the words in effect. 
So then I think of my own journey through the education system, and I went to um, a grammar school in Kent, so that was still a thing then, and it probably will be a thing in the future, I expect. Um, and it was a very strange school. Um, it, it had a tower that you could only walk down, you couldn't walk up. If you walked up it, you got in really big trouble. Um, and it had some very strange teachers. We learned Latin, and uh, we had a, a PE teacher who was... Um, at, like he was out of Kez. So he, he, I, he, I once played, well, more than once, I, I did cricket, and he wrote a report for me. It, he was called Mr. Grant, and he said, um, Nick it needs to improve his batting, bowling, and fielding. And I was like, well, that's, that's everything in cricket, right? So, <laughs> so it was a negative experience, but the most negative thing about it probably was that nobody over those five years ever said it would be okay to be gay, and, and that, that was it. That was what Section 28 did. Um, so for five years, nobody ever said it, and I knew I was gay from, from year eight, uh, but never did anything about it. And as it turns out, my form tutor was a, a fantastic lesbian champion bridge player, but we didn't know that at the time. And loads of my classmates, um, you know, now friends with on Twitter, and um, they, they do great things. So we could have had a brilliant time, but we were denied that by Section 28. So it went on until 2003, and then that takes, that was the year, so my whole period of going to school was during Section 28, and my whole period of teaching has been after Section 28, because it was repealed in 2003, so that's quite an interesting lens to look at it through. Uh, but in my first school, it was a, a rural school, the first school I ever taught at as a teacher, was just outside uh, Thetford. And it was, a, it was a really difficult place to work, actually. I was really inexperienced. The kids were quite difficult. And uh, I, I didn't ever feel like I, I, could, I could come out. And, um, and that was, even though Section 28 had finished, the, the spectre of Section 28 was still there. It took so long for things to move on. And, um, you know, in all the training we had, nobody ever talked to us about how we could change things. There were no out kids. And, um, you know, it went to a crazy length. So I, I met a really good friend of mine and Julie's, um, Helen. We were teaching there at the same time. And, and we had great time. Um, in the mornings, we used to car share all the way to Thetford. It was hideous. And, 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 in, and in the morning, Helen is really chatty. So she would just chat and chat and chat and I'd be like, and then on the way back, we'd play really loud music and she'd fall asleep. So we had to deal with that. But we didn't feel we could, we didn't feel we could come out. And um, I was um, going out with somebody then and we had um, a school play and um, he, he came to watch me in the school play. And we had to pretend he was a local journalist to, 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 to get over it. That was what things were like then. So then I joined um, to the school that I still work at. I've been there nearly 20 years. And, um, and yeah, initially I didn't come out because I was scarred from what happened at the last place. But then I, um, I was chair of the first Norwich Pride in 2009. And uh, there were some Christian uh, protesters there. And uh, one of the Christian protesters was, um, was really, was kind of, people went up and, you know, I think fairly gently just kind of pointed out the error of their ways. There were still some people there yesterday. And, um, and, and she, was, she, she was very annoyed about this. And there was this very sympathetic article with her in the Daily Mail. Um, and she was sitting in a bungalow in Helsden looking very sad. And then I, I, was, I was posed as the angry militant pride protester. And it got in the local press. And, um, and so really that was my coming out to the kids. And, and I can honestly say that 
it has never, never been an issue. And I'm sure at times kids have said things behind my back. It would be weird if they didn't. But it has it is, it is never been an issue. And I, I you know, always felt such warmth. So, so that was the period from 2009 up until, I would say, lockdown. And what I want to just really emphasize here is, I think, that the really great work so many um, queer teachers have done um, to, to just, at that time, th this work is never, it's never really pushed. Um, it's, it, we get all sorts of training, literacy, numeracy. Um, we're talked to about safeguarding quite rightly. But there's, there's never a push for training on this. And it is really queer teachers being very, very vulnerable and, and having to do that work themselves for no pay, and it's emotional labor to talk about yourself all the time. It's not like teaching French, which is what I normally do. You know, that's not, that's not a personal thing. You know, talking about yourself is really personal. It's difficult. So, you know, I think we need to pay huge credit to all those teachers that, that did that work. So that brings us up to lockdown. Um, so, so growing things, public attitudes towards LGBTQIA people improving. And then, and then lockdown happened. And I think we all thought, well, what will happen? It was a really difficult time for queer youth being you know, at home, being away from the support of school, potentially being in difficult family situations. And, and what I want to say, really, is that since we've come back, they've driven. They've driven it. They're so confident. And you see that now with Norwich Pride, that they are at the forefront of, of everything we do. And they're starting up clubs. They are, um, you know, if something's not going on in their school, they are telling the schools to do it. They are absolutely fantastic and they're inspiring. And they talk about things and, and I need to ask them what it is that they're talking about. Um, you know, they're, they're using new terms to identify themselves and feel confident about themselves. And it is the most inspiring thing. So, so I think that's it, you know, section 28, it, it just took so long to move forward, repealed in 2003, and it's only really now that we're in a better place because bad laws and bad decisions, that it takes ages for, for, for society to come back. So it's really precious. And I think if we think about where we are now in 2022, we've had Suella Braverman say that um, schools should stop pandering to trans kids. And we thought that was great at school, so we just put rainbow pandas up everywhere. Um, and just like, we, we will pander to our trans kids, that's fine. And, um, and we've had um, Rishi Sunak say that, um, you know, equalities, um, the Equalities Act is, is just woke nonsense. So there is a danger that things could go backwards and, society, and you know, progress never goes in a, a linear line. So I think we've got a unique... Um, opportunity now with the young people that we've got. They are so inspiring and they are so brilliant and they make me feel so positive all the time. So I think, you know, pride is our moment to keep things moving forward. Sometimes we need to reclaim, sometimes we move forward, sometimes we hold our ground, but whatever we do, I think we trust in young people and keep things moving forward in a positive way and we'll be all right. Thank you very much. Nick O'Brien! Thank you so much, so inspiring. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. 
We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council and Writer Centre Norwich. <laughs>